episode 22 with Ian Warner on the Nine Point Start With A Dream podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey, welcome back to the Nine Point Start With A Dream podcast. Today's guest is Ian Warner, Olympian and current founder and CEO of CoHealth. We go through Ian's journey about how he kind of endured through the setbacks, the ups and downs to kind of achieve his goals about his journey. Hope you enjoy, and here we go. When you were younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger dreams, the goals you wanted to achieve? So when I was young, uh, the, the big dream for me was, was making the NFL. Um, I wanted to do that really bad because, you know, I, I spent a lot of time playing, uh, you know, Madden and different, like, sports video games like that, and, like, I've seen the type of money these guys were making. And it was like 100%, honestly, it was 100% financially driven for that dream, to be honest, because uh, I like I, I liked football, but I didn't love it because I really didn't like getting hit. Like, and as, as I got older, like the hits were just getting harder and harder. So I couldn't even imagine what an NFL hit feels like. Like, n- never mind like a college hit, which, you know, I never played at the college level either. But um, that's what it was for me when I was little, man. It was all about uh, trying to make it to the NFL. <laughs> You know, it's cool about the answer, though. You're the person that said money. Really? Yeah. Most have kind of been avoiding the fame is about money. But you're the first one that's been it's like, yeah, I, I want oh, to make dude, the money. A hundred percent. It was all about the money. Like, I like, I don't really want to get hit like that. Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't guys in the NFL that do love it. There's obviously people who love football. But, like, I liked it. I was good at it. But, yeah, I just saw how much money they made. And was like, hey, it'd be it'd be really good to make that. I wasn't good. At, I, I didn't have the height for basketball. I knew that wasn't happening. My parents aren't tall. Um, baseball, I, I was kind of scared of the ball, to be honest. Uh, and I, I never played tennis or any of those other sports. I never, like, I, I didn't have any other shot at anything else. So it was like, yo, football was the one. Like, I can make the money doing that. It was 100% about the money. Respect that. So so when it comes to, like, cause they, cause you grew up in Canada. So how was it like seeing American football? Was it something that was just every TV? Like, what, like, what was that like, kind of seeing the culture and seeing the sport? So, yeah, because I was from Toronto, the closest team is Buffalo. Buffalo's right around the corner. Um, so that was who we saw on TV. Like, every single Buffalo game was always on TV. Um, and there were even some preseason games. Like, one year, the Packers, and I can't remember who the other team they were playing, but they came um, and did a preseason game in Toronto. Yo, the place was packed, man. So there's, a lot of, there's a lot of football fans in, in Toronto and in Canada. Um, and obviously, you know, there's, a, there's a Canadian football league. So there is a, a whole league up there, which has tons of American players when they don't make it in the NFL. So um, you, you, you're around it, you see it. And um, the one thing Canada doesn't have, though, is just, and, and you're from Texas, so you know this more than anybody, but like, like football is life. Like it's everything. Like in Canada, sports aren't life like that. It's kind of just like, oh, if you're good at sports, like that's cool. But, like, it's always about academics. It's always about grades matter more than, than sports do. But in the States, I find there's a much healthier balance between, like, you can still get good grades and be decent in your, in your academics but and be a good athlete, too. And there's nothing wrong with doing both and excelling. Definitely, that's true. Football is life in Texas, man. It's life. Dude, it's everything, bro. <laughs> like, it, there's, like, I'll never forget when we dropped Justin off at uh, TCU. We, I saw a magazine. It was, like, a high school magazine for high school football like i was like what they have a whole magazine for high school football like, i've never seen anything like that in my life just in texas like so that if that doesn't tell you what's up like i don't know what will 
Different beasts for sure. So, so growing up and you had the dream of you wanted to go to NFL. So what did that look like for you? Like, like how did you kind of manifest that if they, I'm going to try to make this happen? So the way I really just tried to do it was just like, I figured, you know, I had to get a scholarship. Um, and, but that was when I actually realized it was unrealistic dream. Like, and um, it, the main reason was because the, this football's a very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, like whether you're good at it or not, it's really up to the perception of the, the, the of the holder. It's up to the coach, right? Whereas like with track, it's very, it's like it's very concrete. Like you have it around the time or you didn't run the time. So when it was time to start getting recruited, I saw Justin go through the recruiting process and like everyone just kept telling him, "Hey, like you're really fast, you're good, and this and that." But like we just don't think you're tough enough. And like really, it was there's just a huge bias towards recruiting American players. And like no matter how good he was, it was like you can always find an American player who's better in their eyes. Um, so I started to realize as I got older, like, okay, like, is this realistic? Like, um, and also another thing a lot of people forget, this is before the days of like YouTube and like, well, realistically, YouTube wasn't around. It was just starting to get big, but like coaches weren't recruiting kids off YouTube. You know, there was no, um, what are all these things called now, man? There's so many of them. NCFA, um, you know, there's no yeah, be NCFA. recruited be recruited or even um the company's based in, in, in omaha it's a um, huddle huddle um, yeah huddle was, yeah, like things yeah. like things like that that kids use now to get their video out there like there wasn't all that stuff you had to create a vhs tape you had to put it on vhs and send it to the coaches and like it was just way harder to do it so to put all that effort in like i saw justin do it he sent tapes all around the country and he kind of got the same responses so i just kind of realized like you know what my chances of being able to get to the next level um for football are just a lot less likely. And I, and I also wasn't a big dude either. I didn't have the size. Like, I'm not very tall. Uh, I, I coming out of, out of high school, I only weighed like 150 pounds. So I didn't have the weight either. So I was just, I, I, I think there's a time in life where you do have to kind of be realistic. Like, I'm, I'm all about having the big dream and stuff like that. But sometimes you have to actually come down to the, like where you really are and match up where you are to where you need to be. And I realized there was that gap. And then that's when I shifted the dream over and I started to focus on track. So when it comes to having unrealistic dreams, how did you kind of hit that reality in the sense of I need to scale this down a little bit or, or kind of scale another direction? Like, how do you, how do you take that, especially being like, you know, a young athlete, you know, we always think we want to, our dream is this, we're going to, we're going to go do it. That's because our mindset, but how do you kind of get mature enough to say, this is something different? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it was just like looking at, what it required to be successful. So I think like, even in terms of like starting a business or, you know, if you want to be an actor or any of these things, like you can look at what people look at all the successful people out there in that area and look at some of the commonalities of things that they have that, and if and you have to match it up and say, Hey, am I doing these things? Like there's a lot of things in business where I look at what other people are doing and like some of the successful traits they have. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I match up with some of these things. Like I think I'm on the right track. Um, but with football, I just wasn't like, I didn't have, and it's not that it's not possible for small guys to be recruited, but it's just very rare. Like there's, there's only there's a dime a dozen. Um, so I knew like if I was going to do it, I had to gain a lot of weight. Um, and I actually just enjoyed track and field more. So I was like, is it worth risking what I have with track in order to try and gain this weight? Um, I'm not American. And, you know, um, you know, is, is this, is, is this, is this thing I'm trying to achieve right now is, does it actually make sense when I started to like write down a lot of what it looked like and what I needed to do in order to make it work? Um, 
I just felt like I was too far away from it. Now, could I could I have buckled down and and, and put my mind to it and done it? I probably could have, but when it really comes down to it, I just didn't really want to. And for what I had and my passion I had for track, like I was good um, just going for a track scholarship and um, achieving those, those dreams I had with track and field. So what you kind of feel like that you wanted to focus on track and field? Why, why track? Um, so the thing is with track that I love is that it, there are elements of it that are a team sport, but it's an individual sport. So um, I'm very disciplined in what I do day to day. So I like the fact that with track, I can go out there. I don't have to worry about what this guy's doing, what that guy's doing. Like if I handle my business, I will get the results and I can be a leader just by um, my actions, by just doing the little things, doing the things right every single day. And people will begin to follow me um, in, in that sense. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, but also with track, I love the fact that it was very, um, concrete in terms of like you rather run the times you haven't like in one time of football I tried out for this all-star team and I ended up making the team but it was just so sub- subjective how everything was done like it was based off of who 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 like who the coach liked and who sucked up to the coach who did this who did that and like it wasn't based off of like who actually was the best person whereas with track it's really hard to deny the person who's just the fastest like if you go around the time you're usually going to get the rewards the what point did you realize that you're a good attractor like what, what point did you like uh point where you're like uh I'm, I'm moving i'm blazing so i knew from when i was like a, like from like probably first or second grade that like i was faster than the average kid like just being in class like just running against kids playing games and you know tag at recess and stuff i knew i was fast um but when i really started to realize like whoa like i think i can actually like do this was when i got to high school my uh junior year of high school I represented Canada um, so my first international competition at the 2007 World Youth Games and that was in Czech Republic um, in, no not yeah I was in Austria but Czech Republic um, so getting going over there and doing that I was I came in ranked 20 something in the world in the 100 and I ended up making the finals I came seventh so seventh fastest um, under 18 kid in the world um, which was dope and um, that was when I realized, like, okay, like, I can actually do something here. I, I beat up on two American kids um, who, like, one went to Houston, one went to Middle Tennessee. So that gave me, like, a signal, like, okay, like, I think there's something here. So growing up with Justin, who were the fastest growing up? Well, that's what's so funny with, with, with uh, Justin. Like, he was always not just, like, faster than me, but, like, he ran, like, he came out of high school running 1026, like, which that's, like, Road, like that's road. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in the states. It doesn't matter if you're in Canada. Where it doesn't matter. Like that's fast. Um, so he always kind of was setting that bar. So like that's where like it was nice because it kind of set a hunger in me because I'm always chasing after him. Like and that's where I really developed my work ethic. Like I owe a lot of that to him, just because he had all these things. Like and he was just doing it. He was showing me the way. But like I never felt like I was as talented as him. So. I just had to like grind to try and keep up with what he was doing, you know? So when you're, so basically he was kind of like your, your, your model of what the race looked like. So when you kind of saw that model and kind of saw what he was doing, did it kind of make all the other noise around you not even matter? No, for sure. And uh, he really showed, has showed me the importance of having a mentor in whatever you're doing. And I know, you know, you're, you're big on mentors and stuff as well. And it's just simply because like he was my mentor in my house because, he just showed me the entire blueprint of what it took to get a scholarship. Like 
He went from running track about as a young kid, uh, dominated through high school, you know, ran that fast time in high school, got a scholarship to TCU, you know, went to TCU, was an All-American at TCU. So I just saw it, saw it, saw it all these years. And then it was like, when it was my turn, I knew what I was getting into. So like when you get to college, for example, a lot of people get to college sports and they don't really understand what they're getting into. They don't understand how serious it is. I knew just because I was around him, like I went down to TCU, I saw like, what they train like and, and like what the meets are like and how fast these guys are. And the fact that like Justin came out of high school running 1026 and he was still getting smacked with some races, you know, like it, like I, I realized coming into school, like this is serious business. Um, so like that gave me a big edge because um, I, I always knew what I was getting into and um, but like the model was just laid out for me. So that's why I always recommend to people, whatever it is you want to accomplish, whether, you know, it is in, you know, life after sports, whether you want to just climb up to be the CEO of, of Coca-Cola or whatever, like get a mentor and follow the blueprint um, because chances are there's something that you want to do. There's someone else who's done something similar to it who can give you advice along the way. So when it comes to having a mentor, like, you know, they kind of guide us in like on the process, right? Was there ever any fear in your mind? Like, what if I can't live up to to that name or, or I can't live up to what he's done? Yeah, that, I, I think early on that that's definitely there. But then eventually you get to the point where you realize like you can't, like you can't live up to any name but your own name. Like the point of a mentor isn't to necessarily just live their life and replace them or to try and be them, but it's to avoid some of the costly mistakes. Um, like one in college is like, you know, getting injured a lot. Like if you get injured a lot in college, you can't, you know, you're not going to be able to do a lot or you get injured at any point, really. Like you're not going to be able to compete and reach your goals because you're on the sideline watching instead of playing. So he helps me show me like, okay, here's some little things you can do to make sure you're staying healthy. But at the end of the day, um, I'm still a different person. I'm going to have my own path. Um, and, and, I'm not going to be able to listen to every single thing that that mentor says, because sometimes just my path, my situation, the things I got to do are going to be a little bit different, but um, having that person you can go to and get feedback from um, is still going to cut down greatly on that learning curve. So for anyone listening, that's like, you know, they're a younger athlete and they kind of see someone that they want to kind of emulate. That's kind of really, they kind of reach out and touch themselves. What will be on right kind of maybe on how to, find a mentor or how to find a kind of find that person they can kind of reach out to in a sense of learning from? Um, there's, so there's two things I, I would say. The first is um, just ob observation. Like observation is a great form of, you know, being mentored. If there's someone that you see like, and they are just uber talented, like you, you, you went to high school at LeBron James or whatever, you know, and you just tell that there's something just great about this person. Just watch everything they do. Watch how they shoot. Watch how they dribble. Watch how they carry themselves. Watch how they do everything that they do. And then um, if you want to take it to another level, it's worth maybe going and approaching them and saying, hey, like, would you teach me, you know, how you do some of these things? Like, and that's, you know, you're taking a, you're, you're shooting your shot when you do that because they could say no and you could get rejected. Um, but there's no one that can stop you from just observation. Um, the other way is like sometimes you want to get mentored by someone who you know that you can never get in touch with them um, like or you can't get in touch with them easily I shouldn't say never but say you want you know do you want to be mentored by Kobe Bryant read books by that were written on him like watch YouTube documentaries on them learn everything you can about that person um, 
and just taking as much information as you can. Um, but then I, th I think there's another form of mentorship too. And I think it's in terms of uh, going to someone who is a little bit older than you. So if you're in high school, for example, find a senior and find that person who's not necessarily the most talented, but the person who does everything right. And they're usually a captain on the team. And the reason they're named a captain, captains are usually named captains, not because they're talented, good coaches anyway, named captains who are leaders. They know the way it needs to be done. They know what it takes to be successful. They know how to take to lead people and teach people and help them um, step up to the next level. Um, find that person and say, like, look, tell them what your goals are and just say, hey, I want to, I want to be really good. Like, would you, would you be willing to help me out? And if that person is a good captain, nine times out of 10, they're going to say yes, if you're willing and committed to, to listening and to, to showing up and doing what, they're, what you're told to do. For sure. It's like you and you the dribble, man. I can dribble to save my life at OU. Yeah, man. And, and it, yeah, that's actually, that's actually a good example. You know, it's just, you know, you, because you could have done two things. Like, and this is what we do in life sometimes. Sometimes someone's trying to tell us something and we just reject it. And we just want to get mad because we don't want to get told what to do, you know? And like, I've been there before, but sometimes you have to just realize like, you know, someone is ahead of you or they're, they're successful, they make more money than you and they're telling you to do something. Doesn't mean they're right 100% of the time, but chances are, they're right at least 80% of the time because they're ahead of you. Like they, they've done, they've made those mistakes. So to, it, it takes humility to be able to say, hey, you know what? Maybe this person has something to teach me. Let me just listen to what they're saying and give it a try and see if it works. For sure. So you kind of, you kind of had your mentor that was pretty much right there next to you. You walked into the whole journey process. What was, like, what, what was it like? Was it as smooth sailing as you thought, you, as you thought it would be since you kind of had a blueprint? No, man, it was, and that's the thing, that's where um, you have to just know it's going to be your own journey because life's going to punch you in the face and it's going to punch you in the face in ways you don't expect. And it's not going to punch you in the, in the face in the same way your mentors got punched in the face or anybody else who you're following or trying to emulate. Um, so for, for me, those punches really came in the form of injuries. Like I just had so many injuries throughout my career. It started out when I was you know, playing football. Um, I was, you know, what, 13, right, right before high school. I had a spiral fracture in my tibia that cracked. So broke my tibia running and it twisted. Then it cracked down through my growth plate, my ankle. So I had to have surgery to put all that back together. And then, um, so I missed that football season. It was right. It was a preseason game. So I missed the whole season, came back and I was ready for the next season of football. I was like high school. I was ready to get it in. And the doctor was like, Oh no, we gotta have another surgery now to take out the plate. So I missed another season of football. And that's actually where I started to really lean towards track because because I missed those two seasons, I didn't miss any track seasons those years because it, the surgeries just happened to be during football season. So I was back for track for both years. So I didn't miss any track years. Uh, but then, but in the high school track, I had a groin pull and then I ended up having um, this this really bad back injury that, that kind of bled into college. So I was, I was dealing with that back injury my first couple of years of college finally dealt with that back injury then I pulled my hamstring at big 12s and it was just like thing after thing after thing after thing and like I wanted to transfer from Iowa State I didn't get along with my coach and the problems just kept coming they kept coming they kept coming but the one thing I've noticed about problems in life is that if you just can stick with it like the problems usually don't last longer than you're capable of lasting but what happens and um and like you know I know you've been here as well Jacoby and I I've made this mistake in so many areas of my life is that you get into a problem and then you run to another area because you're like, well, if I quit, I'll go here where there aren't problems. And then problems will show up there. Then you quit that. Then you're just like, oh, well, I'll go here. Problems show up there. And the reality of it is problems are everywhere in life. 
problems, you're going to have problems with your family, you're going to have problems with your finances at some point, you're going to have problems with your sports, with your injuries, your health, and they, they show up everywhere. And what it, what it really, what really matters more than anything is your ability to be persistent, to endure, but to just realize that, like, you have to just laugh at your problems sometimes, like, um, that is that endurance that, that actually produces uh, the, the character that you need to be the person that you're destined to be. So when those obstacles show up, just smile at them and realize that that, that obstacle is what is helping you to be better. But that obstacle is also what makes that thing that you want valuable. If it was easy to make the NFL, everybody with their grandma would be playing NFL football right now. If it was easy to start a successful business, everybody would be a billionaire. Everybody would be have a yacht and live in a mansion. You know what I mean. The thing that make that that makes that stuff that makes that stuff valuable is that it's really hard to do it, and because it's so hard to do it, people quit. So if you can be the person who doesn't quit, you will get the rewards. Fire, fire. So if we go back to these injuries, right? Because injuries suck. Like, so, so when it comes to having your dreams you know of, of reaching this next level and then you get hurt not once but twice what what helped you have that endurance to know that i'm going to bounce back from this because it's, it's not easy for sure no it's not and like the thing about obstacles and setbacks in life is that that's when doubt creeps in like hardcore you start questioning everything you you man i remember at iowa state i was like man do i uh, I, I think of that uh, Cat Williams where he's talking about the tigers in the zoo. He's like, am I really a tiger? Like, that's how I felt. Like. I was like, man, am I, am I a real, like, am I, am I supposed to be here? Am I, am I really an athlete? Like, what's going on? Like, you start questioning everything. Like, things that you shouldn't even be questioning, you start questioning, right? Um, but I, I think the only real good advice I can give that just applies to everything is just, just keep going. Just keep trying to outlast the problem because – I felt like these injuries were truly things that I was like, I thought the injuries were just my destiny. Like they were just never going to go away. I dealt with the back injury for three years straight and it just came on like on and off kind of whenever it wanted to. I was in a wheelchair at some point because I couldn't even walk. And I was just like, yeah, like this is just my destiny. I'm never going to get to run. They're going to take my scholarship. Life sucks. But um, I think the one thing that did help me um, personally was just taking it day to day, slowing everything down, it's so easy to just worry about, oh man, I want to run this time. I want to be this. I want to be all American. I want all these things. It's like, stop worrying about that stuff. Just take it day to day. What do you have to do today to make sure that your injury is getting better so that you can do more tomorrow? And then the same thing the next day. And if you keep getting wins day to day, next thing you know, you'll win the week. Next thing you know, you'll win the month. And before you know it, you're back. And it's like, okay, I'm back now. Now let's just keep getting wins. Let's just keep staying healthy. Let's keep, um, staying focused on what I need to do. I think where the doubt and all the problems come in is where you're thinking about the future. You're thinking too much about what am I going to do tomorrow? Like what's going to happen to me? How am I going to get this? And your, your brain just starts spinning out of control. But if you just come back to the moment, you focus on the things you can do today, because the reality is we can only do so much today. Um, we can only do so much with the resources that we have and you got to just focus on that and make the best of it. Kind of going off of that then, because everything you're saying is, 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 is the truth. But say you're like, you're a junior in high school right now, you got these big dreams and, and you get hurt and you, and everything you're saying, it makes sense, but you're feeling so defeated. You're feeling so depressed because you're like, yeah, this is not, this, this, this wasn't part of the plan. What would be your, I guess your tips or just your advice on how to know that this is just 
only one little setback for my, for a comeback. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll add this in there. Um, if your mind is stressed, that's not going to help injury heal faster. <laughs> that's, not, that's only going to make it take longer. So by you beating yourself up about the situation and saying, oh, man, you know what, time's running out. And I, I understand that. Like, time legitimately is running out for you when you're a junior and you, don't, you haven't signed yet and you're injured. Like, you, you don't have that much time. But the situation you're in is the situation you're in. All, you can't change what happened yesterday. All you can do is make the best going forward. So just know that, like, if you're staying up late because you're stressed about this injury, that's not helping it heal better. Focus on the things that you can do day to day that are just going to increase that injury and, and make the healing go better. And the one thing is having a healthy mind, like visualizing and seeing yourself being healthy again, going back to um, getting on the field and doing what you love and, and keeping yourself in good spirits those things will help your body in, in your mind and everything to heal so that you can, you can get back on the field and, and feel good again. Because another aspect of injuries, right, is there's the actual physical aspect, but as you know, there's also the mental aspect where a physical therapist or whatever could be telling you, hey, your body's good, but you're like, I don't feel good. And it's like literally in your mind, like your, your mind, your brain hasn't caught up with the fact that your body's good again. And you're not allowing it to because you're still doubting and scared and fearful that, oh, man, what if I make this cut and, like, I blow my knee again? You're, you're, you're still doubting those things. So um, it's trusting in, like, your team and what, what you're being told, but also um, knowing that, like, if you stay positive, um, it's going to keep you in good spirits and it's going to make everything go a little bit better because the, at the end of the day, you know, being, in, being negative about it isn't going to help anything. It's just going to make everything worse. Oh, on the mind, mindset, love it. So once you kind of, you bounce from all these injuries and you kind of went from having this NFL dream to, you know, track and field dream and, and become an Olympian, what was that sense of accomplishment? Like, was, was it like almost, I made it, the, the journey's over with, or? So that's what, that's where I've learned that like success isn't a destination at all. And it's so cliche, like success is a journey, it's not a destination, but like, the reason why is because, okay, like my, my goal, it wasn't even to make the Olympics. It was to get a scholarship. But then once I got a scholarship, it's like, well, to keep the scholarship, like you can't just get a scholarship and then run slow and then expect to keep it, right? Um, so I had to run fast and I had to put in more. And then, you know, then, you know, I ended up making the Olympic team. And then it's like you set more goals and bigger goals. And it's not to say that you always want more, but it's like, just to maintain what you even have. Like I've, I've heard people talk about this with money a lot too. It's like, you can't just make a million dollars and say, all right, a million dollars, I'm going to put my feet up and I'm, I'm good. Because before you know it, that million dollars is going to be gone. Like you have to, if you want to keep reaching more goals, you have to keep putting, you have to keep putting in more effort. So um, for me, it was really like, I got to one step and I was like, okay, I got here now and this is cool. But if I want to keep this, I'm going to have to keep succeeding. And if I get to the next level, if I want to keep that, I have to keep succeeding. And as soon as you stop succeeding, it goes away quick. And that's like, even when I, when I had met you and I was training in Oklahoma, I wasn't running very well. And that's when it all started to kind of fall down for me with track because they got made the Olympic team. So the expectations were way higher and you can't maintain those expectations, you know, funding and all those things, they start disappearing on you really quick, man. So the worst thing you can do is just rest on your laurels and just be like, Hey, I'm good. I made it, man. You got to keep grinding. So kind of the point then when you, like when you came to OU, you kind of just came off your, your first Olympics, right? Or like, wait, what year was that when your first Olympics? Yeah, my first Olympics was 2012. And I had one more year of school left my senior year. And then I came down to OU. So with that, you know, 
the, the dream can only go so far when it comes to athletics, right? We can only do so much in our sport. So at what point did you start to transition to think that what's next or what's that next phase in my journey looking like? It was when I was at OU and there was two reasons. So first, of all, first, first things first, honestly, I didn't really even want to run post-collegiate track. I felt like I had to run post-collegiate track. <laughs> and there's a big difference there. Like I think a lot of people, they continue doing sports at the college just because it's not that they don't know what else to do. It's just that that's the expectation that, that they feel like society's putting on them. That's what they've done for so many years. So for me, I felt like, well, I went to one Olympic, so people expect me to go to a second Olympic, but I didn't really care to. I was good with going to one. But what happened when I was down at OU is I started writing a book. I wrote a book called Endure, um, An Athlete's Guide to Faith, Hope, and Success. And when I was writing that, like, I enjoyed waking up and writing. I didn't want to go to practice. Like, I was like, I want to run. I just, I, I enjoyed writing the book. And, like, that was when I first realized that I was starting to develop passions outside of just, like, my sport, like, I was becoming more passionate about helping athletes than I was about like being one myself. I felt like I had done what I wanted to do um, with getting a scholarship and going to the Olympics and stuff. So um, that was when it definitely started, like right when I, I met you and I was down at um, down in Northern Oklahoma. So you wrote a book. I bought a book right here. I got it on my bookshelf right over here. But so so you so you got so you got the book. How did you manifest? Was it like I'm just gonna go run? I'm gonna give it up? I'm just gonna go go work? Like what was it like in the process of of your mind of how the post-leadership life worked? Yeah. So I so I I made the mistake first off, and I'll say it's right off the jump. I went straight and got a job when I was done, and it was, it was horrible. I hated it. Um, but I was married, and like I felt like. Um, I made the mistake that I think a lot of people make in that I just took the first thing. The first person that was willing to pay me money, I was like, great, it's a job, I'll take it. And I went and I hated it. I only worked it for three months and I was I pieced out of there. Um, but I decided to be done with track because my just the passion to do it, it was just done. And I, I'd run my course with it. I'd accomplish what I wanted to. And I didn't really I didn't really need or want anything more out of it. And I was just good. I was, I was content with where I was. So that's when I knew it was time to be done. Um, but what I should have done was um, focus more on the entrepreneurial things I'd already been doing. So where my story is a little bit different than most is I use all my time through college to, to test out different entrepreneurial endeavors. And the reason I did it in college was because I realized that one, I had access to a ton of resources. Two, I had no pressure to succeed or fail. Really, it didn't matter because I was a college athlete anyway. Three, I had extra money for my scholarship that I could use to fund some of the businesses I started. Um, so because of those years, I, I had already gotten my feet wet. I didn't wait until like, oh my gosh, I'm done with sports to like decide, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I think that is something that's really important. Like use your time while you are an athlete to figure out what you want to do next. Don't wait until you have to figure out what you want to do next because sports don't want you anymore or you don't have the talent to keep up anymore. That's too late. Like you should always know as an athlete what the next move is because you could have a career in the injury today and you need to know what the next step is. Um, I think that's where depression and that, those type of things sneak in. I didn't deal with any of that because when I left, I truly was happy to leave. Like I was ready to start making money and start using some of my other talents that I have, that I have in life. And um, I was really pumped about that. And just being a family man, it was a little bit easier than running track and stuff like that. Like I was ready for that jump. So it just felt right. The mistake I made, like I said before, was just going into any job and, I worked at a company called MD Building Products. It was horrible. 
I, I worked in the Cox and Sealants department. I didn't know anything about this product before I started working there. It was god awful. Like I hated every day of it. Um, I worked in a like I remember the first day. I thought it was so cool. I had an office. It was the worst thing ever. It was like a prison cell. It was just it was awful, man. Oh man, hope they don't hear this. <laughs> no, dude. I hope they do hear this, bro. Like I, I, dude. I quit. I quit in three months for a reason. Peace out. Yeah, man. I was gone. Kind of, like, kind of like my journey later, I kind of realized, you know, when I was running that essentially, you know, like your version of greatness only gets you to a certain point, you know, and for, and for me, mine was just running, being a walk-on and running, you know, being on a run at Oklahoma. For you, it was kind of, it was kind of you kind of ran, you got college, you went to the Olympics, that was like the bonus. So when that, when that passion kind of transformed, like kind of transferred to business, how did you kind of keep that same mentality of, you know, I'm going to bounce back after setback after setback to keep building or kind of building what I want to build. Yeah, that's where it's a lot harder because with sports, it's a lot, because with sports, you have one talent and it's kind of like, not necessarily one talent, but most people, they have one sport when they get older, they have one sport they're focusing on. It's like, this is the sport I'm going to do. So it's harder to just bounce around. Like you're not like even Michael Jordan tried to just bounce the baseball, right? Like it didn't work. Like he's the greatest basketball player ever. Couldn't even just switch sports. Like, so you know to kind of just if you're gonna stick it out you're gonna stick it with one sport whereas with business the problem is is that you come with this 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 convoluted idea that you can just do anything like you can make money doing anything so you see people making money with bitcoin you want to jump into bitcoin you see many people making money selling online courses you want to sell online courses you see people making money with this that and that and this and selling like clothing and you just want to jump into everything so that's where i struggled the most was just jumping around and um, um i realize now though that it's like you just got to find that one thing and you just got to stick it out. And um, I only learned that through, uh, through painful experiences of just making mistakes and like realizing, man, like if I would have just stuck with that one thing years ago, I, it, it could have been so much bigger now. Um, so that's my advice to anybody. If you are, you know, looking for what you want to do next, find one thing that you, you, you are passionate about and try and just stick with that one thing. Like, and even if you do something that seems a little bit off track, just make sure that everything you're doing is making you better for that one thing you want to do. So if you do get a job, get a job that's going to teach you something that's going to help you with the one thing that you want to do. Um, if you're going to take a, a business opportunity, you're going to partner with someone or whatever, just make sure that it's related to the one thing that you really want to do. I think where we get killed is like, um, you know, there's only so many Elon Musk that can just start a business in like all these different sectors and make it work. Um, most people start off with one thing. Like you look at a guy like Steve Harvey, he has a lot of different things now but he started off just being a really good comedian. That was his one thing. Steve Harvey, Harvey made it by being really funny. And then that turned into really funny books and being a really funny game show host and being uh, a, <laughs> having his own TV shows and his own talk show. And um, he spun it off into many different things now, but it started off with just that one thing. So you, you kind of learned for your lessons that you can have that one thing. So what's your one thing now? So my one thing right now is is helping um, athletes with with their injuries and helping them to find ways to uh, return to health quicker and more in a more efficient manner. Um, that's what hurt my career the most, and that's what I've always just been really passionate about. I grew up with my my mom in healthcare, and I've always been really interested in um, you know treatment. And I thought about being a chiropractor at one point, so that's why I've been pouring a, a lot of my time into. I, I started a company called CoHealth. And uh, we connect uh, injured athletes with the healthcare providers and, and um, 
you know, it's, it's been a very windy road in terms of trying to find exactly what that product needs to look like. At first, we thought it was um, an injury question board where you can ask any injury question and a healthcare provider would help you. Athletes loved asking questions, but we realized healthcare providers did not love answering them. And uh, we figured out why that was. So now we're working on changing the product around and uh, making it more about helping athletes to find the right healthcare providers local to them. And if they don't want to see a healthcare provider, getting them in touch with the right information so that um, they can return to health if they want to do it on their own or just helping with little tips and things that they can do at home or at practice and, and whatnot to make sure that they're staying healthy. Clutch. So when we look at that and, you know, almost like the, almost like the, the NFL, the track dream, how do you, how do you see the journey? Yeah, that, that's where it's tough is like the, the, the road could be so much windier than what you, what you think it's going to be. And like, uh, for me, the biggest thing I've realized is that the, the journey right now for me is just about lasting long enough. Like I know that, um, I know for a fact that like, just looking at what people search on Google and looking at the amount of athletic injuries that happen just in the United States alone, people need help with injury. There's no doubt about this. Um, but in order to be that help, the problem with helping people with injuries is that it's not a very sexy thing. Um, it's just like, like it's way more fun to watch highlights of people dunking than it is to learn about how to, how to, how to stop yourself from pulling your hamstring, right? Um, so because of that, um, it, the, the challenges in being that, that resource that people think of at the time when that injury does happen. Um, and that just takes time in order to do that. Like you just have to be around for a long time. And so that's what I'm focused on right now, just sticking around and making incremental improvements. Um, but then also listening to the customers, listening to what they're telling you. I think that's also something that's tough is because you might have a vision. And like, like I said, like with COVID, started off as an injury question board. But when I started talking to healthcare providers, I realized like, well, this isn't going to work for them. Like, and there's multiple reasons why, whether it's health laws or um, just like the fact that they don't have a lot of time. So once you start talking to your customers, you realize, hey, if I have to, you know, show a little humility and realize that these people know better than me and I got to change it to what um, they want. So that's what I'm really just basing it on, listening to what the customers want um, and then just making sure that we survive long enough um, to, to make that impact. Definitely. So if so anyone right now wants to, like, want to check out Co, what, what's the best way to do it? Um, the, the, I would say the two best ways, um, just go to cohealth.com. Um, you can click on athlete and you'll see the blog at the top of the page has tons of um, just different articles. We put out about four articles a day um, right now. And uh, uh, so that's one thing you can do. Um, you can go to uh, the app store um, and uh, just type in co and um, co spelled K-H-O and you'll see it come up there. And then another way, if you want to follow us on Instagram, our Instagram and Twitter handles are uh, at cohealth. Um, so you can follow us there if you want to. So if someone like right now is like a therapist listening to this, why do they want to be a part of what you're doing, what you're building? So the biggest thing is our platform is unique in the sense that um, it's the only platform that allows you to search for sports medicine providers based off of their type and skill set. And when I say that, this is what I mean. If you are a chiropractor, that's one thing. You can go to Google, you can search by chiropractor, it's cool. But um, if you want a chiropractor that also knows fascial stretching, or knows grasping, or knows active release, or knows acupuncture, or has a sports background, meaning they used to be an athlete, you can search for all those different skill sets and find the person local to you. So by being on our platform, you just make yourself easier to be found for the things that you spent time learning. Like you took the time to learn active release, 
or grassland. So you may as well um, be rewarded for that and make it easier for yourself to be found. The other thing is, um, instead of just going on Instagram and posting your stuff on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, where people are going on there, but a lot of people aren't going on there just looking for injury information. Like um, they're looking for what their friends are doing and they're just scrolling and burning time. But on our platform, our feed is all information that is um, people looking for athletic injury help. Like they're looking to get help. They're looking to get healthy. They're looking for resources. They're looking for people that they can start building relationships with. That's what the platform is solely about. It's not about what Miley Cyrus is doing or, or you know, who, who Beyonce is, you know, making a new track with or whatever. It's just solely focused on athletic injuries. So um, you should be a part of it just because, you know, you want to be known for helping athletes with injuries. Like it's going to be the platform of the future where people are going to do that. Fire, fire. So if you can, can if you describe yourself in five words, what would they be? Five words. So does it have to be like a five word like sentence or just like five any five words? Just just five words like, like describe your journey and, and what you're in your, your whole your whole process. Like what would you describe yourself in like five like adjectives or whatever? Endurance, grind, family, and my why. So that my so my, I'm I'm using my why as my last two words because I think like I, I, I point out those ones because um, you know, anyone who knows me knows like I'm a grind. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm not scared to put in the work and do whatever it takes. Um, but like a new one for me, it's just family. Like you know, obviously I always had a family, but it's like now that I have like, like you know, I have I have one daughter now. I have another one coming any day now. So you know, I got these little girls looking up to me. So the one thing that's big for me is uh, always remembering them as my why because when they get older, I want them to look at me. And whether I succeed or fail doesn't matter. But I want them to know that I had the courage to go after what I really wanted in life. And I didn't just settle and say, I'll just take whatever I can get, just play it, play it safe and stick within the box and you know, stay within the lines and all that. You know, I wanna give them the courage to also do the same thing, do what, chase after whatever they want, use their talents to the fullest. So um, those are my big ones, man. I like it. It kind of relates to this whole episode right here, how the endurance, you know, surviving through injuries, bouncing back through the ups and downs grinding realizing that, that 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 your dream wasn't going to be what you thought it was at first but kind of grinding to know that i, I want to go to the olympics i want to go i want to go to college so we got to grind through that so yeah so how like i did this for the first time with lakeem and it made me realize you know like if, if you think about it sometimes these five words in becoming our whole little journey and uh, how we kind of talk about our lives so cool. No, no. One quick thing I just want to add in there. I was watching the first episode of the new Last Chance U that just came out, and it's funny because she, one of the teachers, asked this one kid who clearly doesn't have a lot of like self worth, you know. And she asked him like, you know, describe yourself. Like, how would you like say some say tell me five good things about yourself? You know, he had nothing. Like, and like I was just like, it was amazing to see that like, you know, some people don't even have any good things to say about themselves. So it's like. If you don't have anything good to say about yourself, how can you produce anything good? You know, you have to believe in yourself first and believe that you have some good in yourself before you can, you know, put that good in other people, you know. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started with a Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one. Opportunity away. Peace.